Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. It's such a beautiful thing to be back together as the church. Amen. So when we got together for our first gathering, our very first gathering that we ever had, everybody remember that school we were in? Yeah, I was there. Yeah, I was there. The very first thing that we did, we started worship off. Does anybody remember what it was, the very first thing we did? It was before Welcome Home. It was the very first thing we did. It was right around a big font of water. Anybody remember now? Thanks. Ashley remembers. It was a baptism. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's right. She wasn't even here. We had two baptisms. That's how we started Christ out. That was the first thing that we did. So what a cool thing is we gather together as God's church, kind of back together on our time, on our place, to be able to celebrate a blessing like that. Thank you so much, Davis family and Kat, so much for you guys being a part of that opening and beginning. I got to do something this week for the first time that I have done in like a year and a half. And no, it was not get a haircut, although some of y'all need a haircut. It was not take a shower either. Those are, the, those are those people in the band are like, I really wish it was a shower. It was not eat brisket. Nope, I was able to do that last night. Very, very good. I've eaten brisket a number of times during the COVID time, and I'm still working on it. I'll be fine. Don't worry about me. I mean salads too. No, I got to do a hospital visit. It was the craziest thing. I got to go into a hospital and be with a family. It was such an exciting day because the Wigington baby has arrived. If you've seen on Facebook some of the posts that have come through, uh, Zach and Kelton's baby is now here. Baby M. I'll say Baby M since we're online. I don't want to out him. No, they, they, they said the name online, right? Little baby Max. So cute. Looked like a little bean all wrapped up in his little blanket. And I got to hold him. And I wasn't going to let go. I didn't want to leave. It was amazing. Just looking in this little one's eyes and seeing the beauty of this family. And little Maddie and Rayleigh, his sisters, are super excited. Now, normally, I wouldn't highlight something like this in a sermon, right? Normally, I wouldn't take a whole lot of time outing a family or something like that because I don't, I don't really do that kind of thing. But this was such an incredible experience because it was this little thing that just meant the world. Because all of a sudden, I felt like a pastor again. For me as a pastor, it just felt so right to be there with a family, to get to love on them, to be a part of their life in such a deep, filled way. And I know, I know, pastoring is more than that. I get it, right? There's a whole lot of things that go on, but that little thing just meant the world. And now, this morning, man, we could, I could have kept going for another half hour. Christina, we could have gone for another half hour. <laughs> as long as we had fans in place, we'll keep going all day. It felt so good to worship our day, our time together, our line, Christ South. Come on, somebody say, whoa. It's such a little thing, such a little thing. But sometimes that little thing is the most important thing. Sometimes a little thing is a really big deal. So this week we're talking about the little things, the little things. Finally back together, 10 a.m. here out at the old dairy farm. Feels like we're getting back to what makes this community so great. Seeing each other, singing with each other, sharing the peace together. It's those little things that make this place so special. It's the little things. Like when I was walking up, seeing our guest experience team use our brand new umbrellas like swords. It was awesome. It's the little things. Like trying to avoid the fire ants in the field and remembering that we have a field that we can gather in. Amen. It's the little 
things. So this week, we're looking at one of the shortest parables in the entire Bible. It's fitting, really, because one of the shortest parables in the entire Bible is also about one of the smallest things in the world. It's Matthew 13, 31 through 32. I'm reading the NIV version. I'm going to read it with you right now. Matthew 13, 31 and 32. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. Now, there's a lot to work with here. This is one of my favorite parables because it's, I guess it's short, but there's still so much about what's going on in here. First thing is, we need to know who Jesus is talking to. That's really important. Who is it that Jesus is talking to? This is not your average audience, right? Normally, he's talking to scholars. He's at the temple, or he's doing something very important with people that know a heck of a lot about Scripture. He's talking to a whole different range of people. He's not talking to a bunch of nomads or just a, a bunch of scholars. It was a large crowd. Scripture says it was all the people had come together in chapter 13. All the people making a differentiation between who he had just been speaking with in chapter 12, which was all these scholars. Now says a large crowd gathered. All the people came to hear Jesus, likely filled with people that would have really taken this story to heart because they are people that regularly plant. They would regularly plant things. And whatever little bit of land that they had, they would have been very used to being planters. They would have really understood how crazy and messed up and upside down this story is. Number two, note that he didn't say grains of wheat or olive trees or grapes. Nope. He said he planted what? Say it loud, church. A mustard seed. Now, he said that really for two reasons. Number one, it's obnoxious. A mustard seed is an obnoxious seed. Tell somebody you're obnoxious. No, wait, wait, that's later in my sermon. You're supposed to tell somebody something. It's not that. No, a mustard seed is insane. A mustard seed, anybody got uh, bamboo in their yard, ever had to deal with bamboo in their yard? And you know when you go to try to cut down bamboo, I'll talk to the people that raise their hands. Every time you go to cut down bamboo and you go and cut it, all that dust gets all over you and like it hits you like fiberglass. Say amen. Amen. It's like that. Or has anybody ever experienced or seen kudzu grow? Raise your hand if you've seen kudzu grow. It's just a nice little potted plant, and it just sort of stays in one place, right? No, it's ridiculous. It starts to get everywhere. All right, now, imagine that, that bamboo kind of spray of fiberglass irritation. Imagine the kudzu type of growth that just is unstoppable. Has anybody ever gotten... Where are my sushi people? Well, who, who, who loves sushi? Well, raise your hand, you love sushi. Man, a New Zealand cafe is killing it. I'm not sponsored by them, but I'll tell you that's very good sushi. Anyway, moving along. One of the things that I love to have with my sushi is wasabi. I love wasabi. Now, I'll, I'll put that stuff on like, like you, ever seen, like, you ever seen a little kid go and eat french fries and ketchup? And they go in for like one swipe, and then they eat the, the ketchup off the fry and go in for a second swipe of the same fry. It's impressive, really. And this is how I eat my wasabi. I want, that, I want it to like burn in my forehead for like 30 seconds, and then I want it gone. Anybody else with me like the wasabi like that? All right, all right, we're going to get some sushi later. I love to have that kind of burn. I love that. But for some people, it's like the worst thing in the world. Now, mix in kudzu growing all over the place, everywhere. 
Now mix in that irritation of like if you get up into it, it sort of starts making you itch and all that. Now imagine it is airborne, mustard seed, wasabi floating around this field. It is all over and permeates that field. As a matter of fact, you can't even really get close to that field without that whole thing just wafting all over you nose and in your forehead and getting you all kind of put together that is what a mustard seed would do one teeny little mustard seed could make an entire field of kudzu spraying wasabi and your nose everybody say ouch and the second reason is it's incredibly small it's incredibly small if you got one seed into your entire basket or pouch or however, I don't know how you buy seeds when you buy seeds, bag of seeds for us. I don't know how it was back then, Aaron. Maybe they got little pelts and things like that. But anyway, if you got one seed in all the rest of your seed, it would screw up everything. Your whole crop could be taken over. You would be putting all this seed down. You'd be throwing the seed out into the field. It's all so wonderful. I'm going to have all this beautiful wheat and then one. Ah! One little teeny mustard seed gets in there, and an entire crop is torched. Your whole field would soon be filled with that one mustard plant going everywhere. But then there's one more thing. There's one more thing. And I know I keep saying this to you guys, and I don't know what the Lord is doing with me in Scripture, but I'm hearing things in Scripture that I've never heard before. Like, I'll read a story 20 times. I've been in professional ministry for 20 years, and it's the first time that I ever got stuck on this one thing. That's how you know Scripture's alive, amen? That's how you know that the Holy Spirit's in that living Word of God, because it speaks. And it said this. I can't believe I never saw it before. There's only two verses. There's not a whole lot to examine, Pastor. Figure it out. Get it together. I know, but I didn't get it. Now I do. Scripture says he planted it. He, he planted it. That is an absolutely insane thing to do no farmer anywhere nobody that's trying to grow any kind of thing anywhere would ever go out and intentionally plant that in the middle of their garden i mean imagine just for a second if you had a great big beautiful garden and the deer didn't eat it that's a thing by the way deer be eating all my flowers at my house but imagine you had a big beautiful garden and you went out and then you planted kudzu right smack in the middle of it would you think that was insane? That would be insane. Nobody would ever do something like that. But this farmer guy is playing with fire. It was intentional. Why in the world, first of all, would he ever want one of those seeds in his seed pouch? Pelt? Is it a pelt that we decide it's a bucket of seed? Doesn't really matter. Why would you even want that seed in there, let alone take the time to plant it? It's crazy. This farmer is playing with fire. It's going to spread faster than anything. And everyone would have gotten stuck on that part. A mustard seed, what's he talking about? He planted it. That's crazy. Now they're fully engaged. They're fully listening to this story. Why in the world would he bring this up? But Jesus is trying to help them understand what the kingdom of God looks like, how it's different than the kingdom of the world, how it's different than from empirical rule that they were in the midst of at that time. God is intentionally disrupting the norm by planting the kingdom of God. Because in the kingdom of God, oh, I'll get ready. I'm going to start going now. When the kingdom of God happens, the poor in spirit are lifted up. The sick are made well. The hungry get to eat. The oppressed can be empowered. The blind get to see. And the mighty and powerful come in last. And those who had been last come in first. And if that's a part of your life that maybe you needed to hear a little bit of this morning, shout out amen to the Lord this morning. Amen. 
The kingdom of God is a whole new paradigm. And it's beautiful and powerful. And sisters and brothers, it will take over your field. Just because it's powerful, power, or small, doesn't mean it's powerless. But see, what God can do with something small is mighty, so mighty that it'll not only take over with the smell and the taste in your eyes and, and just wafting off of that field, but it will be a home, it says. It will become the mightiest of bushes and trees, and birds from all over the place will be able to make their home in it. What Jesus is trying to help them understand is the kingdom of God might seem like a little small thing, but it's huge. It takes over. It grows faster than you can keep it under control. And then it makes a home for all of those who don't have a home. That's what the kingdom of God looks like. And that's why he wants them to understand how absurd and intentional God's abundant grace is. That is good news. And I won't preach on this today. If it's not making sense today, and it's like, I don't really know where you're going, Pastor, take one second. As a matter of fact, everybody take one second and look around you for a second. Because we hadn't been able to do this. Look to your left and right. Look behind you. Look in front of you. Make eye contact with all of these people. Because this might feel like it was a small church, but it's the little things that make this big difference. It's the little things that could change the world. It's the little things that can create a home, a future for all those in need. And you need to know something. This week was crazy. But gifts, gifts for our new building started pouring in this week. I was blown away. Because God's people are ready to set some roots, amen? I wept last week on the phone with a bunch of you as you shared what this ministry has meant to you. And I wrote down the things that you said because I wanted to share them with this church. I remember when you baptized my child. I remember when you confirmed my grandchild. I remember when you prayed over me in the hospital. One even said, I remember the day you accidentally gave my child first communion. <laughs> but now she won't let me go a Sunday without it. But it's even bigger than me. Because it's you. It's this. You said to me, Pastor, I remember unloading that old trailer. And I remember unloading that old trailer in the rain. And I remember unloading that old trailer and that shed in the heat Sunday after Sunday. Pastor, you made us come in at 7.30. How cruel is that? <laughs> I remember getting locked out on Christmas Eve and singing songs to God on Christmas Eve in the portico of that school. You said to me, Pastor, I remember when I walked in for the first time and the whole church shouted out to me, welcome home. And I... I was not ready for that. I remember when I got introduced to so-and-so on that retreat that we went on, and now we live life on life together. We text each other every single day, checking in on each other, walking through life together. And one of you literally said to me, this church, God through this church saved my life. 
See, each of those little things was a kingdom of God moment. And that's what God has always been about here. It's the little things that make this place so special. It's being able to check in on people that you haven't seen in a while. Say hello to new faces. We don't ever gonna be the church that when new people come, we don't ever wanna be the church that they come in and nobody says hello to them. So you see somebody you don't know, remember, you don't exist to hang out with your friends here. You hang out to meet the community out there. Somebody shout amen. Hmm. So it might feel like we're small, but there's power in the mustard seed. And you need to know, <laughs> you might say, Pastor, I, 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 that's a great sermon. That's what y'all are saying, right? That's a great sermon, Pastor. Uh, but I don't know, I don't know how I, I don't know how, what I can do to help uh, build this church. But you need to know, it's not you who are going to build this church. Look at somebody next to you, point at them and say, it's not you. You're not even going to build this church building. It's not me. It's not anybody else. Jesus said, I will build my church. He looked at Peter in the eyes, I have to imagine, and said, I will build my church. On you, Peter, I will build my church. Then in Matthew 28, he told his disciples, go therefore into all nations. Don't stay. Go. Go where you've got to go. Go where I tell you. Teach, baptize, make disciples. I will build my church. So brothers and sisters, it's not you that's going to build this church. It's the Lord. So let me just tell you, this is not a great big sales pitch to our capital campaign. My bad, Pastor Scott. I might get in trouble on this one, Trent. Y'all won't tell, will you? No, I said in a sales pitch. This is a rally cry. This is a halftime speech. This is right before we step onto the most difficult, maybe, battlefield that we could face. It's the reminder to remember that through us, God can do amazing things. And God can do amazing things through the little things. Remember what God has already done through this church. Remember what God is already doing presently now. And remember what God will plant intentionally, absurd abundance, little bits of the kingdom, and it's going to take over this field. Brothers and sisters, God is at work in this place, and God is going to bring fruit where God wants it. And God is planting us, these little mustard seeds. So now you get to help me finish the sermon. I want you to look at people right next to you and you're going to say some things to them. I'll say it one part at a time like we're doing marriage vows, all right? Just a little bit, then you say it. Just a little bit, then you say it. Everybody in, say, yeah, I got it. Look at somebody close to you and say, you've got the kingdom of God in you. You've got life-changing power in you. You are unstoppable. because our God is unstoppable. And here's the last one. And remember the kingdom of God is planted in you. Pray with me, church. All right, God, you're crazy. You're going to take this field, these people, this word, and you're going to throw it into a big old mixing pot. And you're going to make something beautiful out of it in this place. The ground we walk on today, God, is going to be miraculous ground. Life-changing ground. 
Children that we don't know yet are going to come onto this same dirt and they're going to hear the gospel for the first time. Your children, God, are going to come onto this dirt and feel and know you in a way they have never known you before. They're going to see the kingdom of God happen in a way that they never have before, God. And all praise, all glory, all honor be unto you, mighty King, that as you plant your kingdom, build it in us, grow us forth from it, Lord. Help us to be your people for a world starving and waiting. Help us to remember it's the little things. We pray all this, Lord, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all of God's children say, amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.